Guys, I'm annoyed. And I'm annoyed for many reasons. I mean, there's politics and the whole reason why we're back early doing a show, and that's just beyond annoyed. That's just angry and pissed off. But on a much lighter note, I'm annoyed. Because in the 90s, we apparently used to get movies for fucking adults. Buongiorno, buonasera, or whatever works, Team Attic Wife. I'm your budget Beatrice, Emily Edwards, and thank you so much for joining me here on Fuckboys of Literature. Yeah, I spent 15 years living in Los Angeles. Almost everybody I know was tangentially working in the movie industry, and I don't mean this as an attack on them exactly, but on the world at large. Movies like this used to exist, and they used to happen like all the time, and it's happy, and it's lovely, and it's sexy, and it's joyous, and it's beautiful, and my god, they're all so freaking beautiful, and it's ridiculous, and I want this again. I want a whole bunch of people, and not all white people, I want a whole bunch of people frolicking in the Italian countryside in one freaking villa, eating pasta, shooting barbs at one another, and just being hot. Is that too much to ask? All right, everyone, with me for this episode is a voice that you will recognize from many, many, many previous episodes. Malavika, how the hell are you? I am hanging in there. Oh, God. (laughs) We're not going to get into details, but holy shit, let's laugh for an hour because, oh, wow, do we need it, and especially you. So <laughs> we we all need it for sure. And yep, yep, we're, we're not even going to go into more nope. detail. You spend as much time on Twitter as I do. You spend more time on Twitter than I do. <laughs> <laughs> doom scrolling, doom scrolling, doom scrolling, terror. Like, it's just constant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I am excited to talk about some Shakespeare-ish. Ish. <laughs> ish they are they're doing the words but you don't notice it's Shakespeare which is like the best part about watching well-performed Shakespeare absolutely absolutely and it's all the words and it's like the first thing I gotta compliment this movie for is like the pacing is great because it doesn't add anything extra to the text it's just all of the stuff that's in there I feel like if you were trying to make like a Shakespeare inspired movie there'd be all this backstory that we'd be given and blah blah we don't need that we just need all the characters just having fun with these lines and going ape shit for no reason we just need that We just need beautiful people being stupid for no reason. And my God, like, I, I, I intellectually have like reconciled the fact that these are the most gorgeous human beings on the planet before, but then, oh my God, just watching them be lovey-dovey and adorable and dramatic for in freaking Tuscany for two hours. They are the most beautiful people in the world. It is, it is unreal. Like, I think you tweeted something where I, I, I'm probably misremembering it, but it made me think of this watching the first few scenes of this movie. And it's like, if you could live in any cinematic universe or like yes. live inside. And I'm like, I want to live in like the first like 10 minutes of Much Ado About Nothing, where <laughs> the first scene is them, they, they just lay out on the lawn and uh, Beatrice slash Emma Thompson is just reading some poem to them. And then the men show up and then everyone gets butt naked and dances around <laughs> in some water for a while. And I'm like, that's a good life. And we're all like, we need life. to stop smelling like we just spent three hours in a field in Tuscany because the hot men just showed up oh my god you get you get all clean and then you put on the same clothes i think they were the same clothes the whole movie the same clothes clothes on and 
again. And I'm like, all right. Literally the first thing I wrote down while watching this, I'm showing you my legal pad. It's how do I get to live in a Tuscan villa eating grapes barefoot in a tree? Like, because that's, that's- I want that. <laughs> that is the life. Have, and with all those beautiful people, like- I, I feel like we got we got to talk about this cast. It is the weirdest cast. It's super weird. It's super weird. Like I understand that Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson were married at the time, and yeah. also they had a cast of people that they knew from Oxford. So mm-hmm. like that's a lot of the people too, and they just all happened to be smoking hot. Which like, yeah. I also went to a performing arts school, but we didn't turn out that beautiful. So like, <laughs> they filtered also- out the uglies, and then. <laughs> Also, none of us are that freaking famous, so maybe that's why. Exactly, and, it, and it's like not only are they all just beautiful, but like most of them are just really well equipped for their roles. Like obviously, uh, Kenneth and Emma are perfect as Beatrice and Benedict. Like the the chemistry. I mean, obviously, I knew they were married before, but it's so there. The chemistry yeah. is there, and then like. I, I got to shout out my boy, Robert Sean Leonard, who you all may know as Dead Poet Society guy, but he he does the like almost funny, tragic acting so well where he's just like crying his eyes and he does the crying better than anyone. I'm like, I can't see anyone else's Claudia. No. That's perfect. He's so dreamy. Like talk about a glow up before that mm-hmm. phrase even existed because he For was a sure. cute kid in Dead Poet Society. And then yeah. this rolls around and you're like, holy cow puberty was kind to you Robert John Leonard my <laughs> for word. sure and he, he had to be beautiful because he had to spend so much of that movie standing next to Denzel fucking Washington like <laughs> I'm sorry like and, I, and I'm like I'm like Beatrice I, that one line that came in there where he's like will you have me lady and I'm like I know the plot of this play but I'm like Beatrice wake the hell up Denzel is proposing and he's higher ranking not only is it Denzel Washington who is clearly his character is clearly in love with you he's also higher ranking than Benedict like girl drop everything you're doing I don't care (laughs) exactly and I was like are you kidding are you kidding and then but obviously Kenneth is great as Ben and I've always I've always liked him in Shakespearean roles everything I've seen him in he he does that well you know that's his that's his brand yeah Um, it's it's a it's a crazy cast and then made even crazier by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> we had joked before we started recording that like Don John has more lines in the play than Don John utters in the movie because yeah. poor Keanu was slightly outclassed in his yeah. acting ability. Again, you know, I but I appreciate it because I mean, you think about Don John as a character who literally I did an episode of Much Do But Nothing for a, my podcast like a mm-hmm. couple years back. And we were just like, I just love that Shakespeare's just like, you just made him bad because he wanted to be bad. And he literally says that. He's just like, I am just a villain here. I am just here to cause mayhem. And it's like, all right, cool. No backstory. Love it. I I love, that is for me, like a huge thing when it comes to like, pretty much any genre genre piece and this is so heightenedly romantic that Mm -hmm. I'm like literally people just need to do shit because that's what they do and I like that you know like science fiction you don't need to explain how they can breathe underwater they just do fantasy you don't have to explain why they worship the lizard mountain people they just 
do. And I love the fact that Shakespeare's like, we need a baddie. And Keanu delivers his lines explaining why he's a bad person and hates his brother while like shirtless, oiled up from a massage wearing leather pants. And I'm like, I don't care what you're telling me or why you're evil. This is wonderful. And like you, you mentioned before, Keanu has like four lines, but you you forgot his all important fifth line, which is just the face he makes in like every scene where you can't see me, but he's just like grumpy cat angry, like like every scene. And like I was watching this with my husband who had never seen the movie before, so he's like, "I'll watch this with you." And like every time Keanu made that face, he's like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> He looks like a baby who sucks on a lemon for the first time. He just has this big old pouty puss face on. And I'm like, yeah, you show him, 23-year-old Keanu Reeves. Like, no matter what, you are not winning because you are up against Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like that wasn't even the most dramatic moment with the cast that came out of my husband. I cannot tell you how loud my husband screamed when Michael Keaton showed up. Michael Keaton doing Elizabethan Beetlejuice the entire time. Which was like, he just shows up and his like gross little grody peasant teeth like bubbling around. And I was like, this had to be pre-Batman, right? And Brian's like, no, 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 this is 1993. This is post-Batman, like Batman. (laughs) With the hair and the too much clothing for being in Tuscany. So he is so sweaty. (laughs) he's so sweaty and grimy and nothing he says makes any sense which is true to character and it's it's wonderful like i actually didn't understand dog's body which is the name of his character when i read the play for the show because i was just kind of like i don't understand what's happening here like i know he's a shakespearean fool but Mm -hmm. like i don't really get it and then seeing michael keaton just smarm and worm his way through the character i was like Oh, I get it now. This is perfect. This is why you have to watch Shakespeare performed because it's so disgusting. And I love that they kept it, you know, again, so true to the play, because I feel like if they did this more modern, they would have established his character at the beginning Mm -hmm. and showed him doing something. But instead, like towards the three quarters mark of the movie, you just see him stand there like, okay, who's this fool? Like, we're going to just figure it out. (laughs) The whole thing depends on him, which like no modern screenwriter would do for somehow the hero of the play is the grody dog's body character who just like comes in for about 15 minutes. Nobody likes, nobody appreciates. Even the father is just kind of like, here's a nickel for your, for your time, sir. Be gone. (laughs) You, you're too dirty. (laughs) He's dirty and he doesn't make any sense. And they're like, sir, like we can't understand you. <laughs> it's great. It's it's absolutely great. This movie was just a riot. I loved it. I, you know. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Well, I never understood Kenneth Branagh as like, you know, like he's he's a hunk for a generation above us. My mom's a big fan. Mom, if you're listening, like, I think that's the reason I first saw the movie is like, my mom was a big fan. Yeah. And then I'm watching this and like, because Benedict is so petty in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Beatrice has her reasons for being salty. Like, she's older than her super glam cousin. Like, mm-hmm. her parents are nowhere around. So we're assuming something shady might be happening there. And yeah. she's like full defense for an unmarried woman in like Elizabethan times in Catholic Italy. And you're like, okay, I get why she's kind of a smart mouth. And then Benedict comes in and he's so petty. He's so shitty, even to his friends. He's so shitty. And like, I love that his whole argument against Claudio falling in love is like, what? There's no more bachelors who get to be 30? Like, come on. And it's like, what, Ben? It's it's like the equivalent of like, I don't know, your your last remaining frat boy who's like, what? You can't party with me anymore? Like Exactly. What? We're just we're 45. We're just getting started. And it's like, no, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact, okay. Admittedly, take two. You understand how Robert Sean Leonard falls in love with Hero within three and a half seconds because it is an absolute baby, Kate Beckinsale. She is like 19. And it is is a baby. (laughs) She's so whittle. I'm looking at her and I'm just like, like I'm obsessed with Kate Beckinsale's Instagram because I want to be an incredibly glamorous 45-year-old cat lady. Like, and that's, Mm. she's so weird and it's so great. And she's just bananas batshit crazy and I adore her Instagram so much and then you see her like this and you're like oh our teeny tiny little baby wants you young and you absolutely innocent child for sure and it's like Robert Sean Leonard is kind of a baby face but you put him next to infant Kate Beckinsale and like they look good together but it's also a little creepy because she looks about 12 yeah (laughs) he looks like a man you know he looks like a man yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a man. He's a grown yeah. adult man. And she looks like she should be going back to high school. And like admittedly, she was a student at Oxford at the time. She like shot this on summer break. I worked at anthropology during my summer breaks, and that was considered glamorous, but she <laughs> shot a movie in Tuscany where she gets to be next to smooch Robert Sean Leonard and standing next to Denzel Washington. Oh my God. What a life. I was thinking, what did I do? I, I worked at Kumon. I graded papers. Like, yep. I, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, she was studying like French and Russian literature at Oxford. And I'm like, God almighty. Like, What a life. Oh my God. All of these people are, are hot and smart and that should not be allowed. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
It's like when I learned that like the cast of The Office like all went to like Yale and Dartmouth and Brown or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, now you're just on The Office making millions. Like, how do you get to be hot yeah. and smart? Like, yeah. I was told from all of my teen literature and teen movies that those two don't go together. They don't go together. I'm sorry. That's not fair to the rest of us. Like Kenneth Branagh, Emma Thompson, Kate Beckinsale, like Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, they were all like together. Obviously, Kate Beckinsale is significantly younger than them. Right. But like- charming brilliant attractive british which certainly gets you some distance in hollywood Mm -hmm. it's not fair to the rest of us also i'm glad you pointed out british how did keanu even get into this movie because like his accent (laughs) i'm like i i'm like i know his character is like don john the bastard but like is he meant to be american and they're just like oh he's just the american brother like just let the guy from like Freaking San Fernando Valley in. <laughs> I, you know, I guess at this point he had done Bill and Ted, and you know that was pretty, pretty famous. This is pre-Speed because he's significantly mm. younger than he is when he's like in that movie. Yeah. yeah, he must not have done much more than that. I'm like, was his agent like also, uh, you know, um. Denzel's agent so like they were like you can only get Denzel if you also take Keanu Reeves were they like okay we need a warm body who will work for a few dollars and can make a big frowny face and say four lines and we're like I got the guy for you (laughs) I'm gonna pass him off as Denzel's brother which I'm like all right Sure. (laughs) You know, I do appreciate that they got two people of color actually in this movie. which like And didn't make a big deal about it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, nobody mentions that Don Pedro doesn't look like he should be riding around in Italy in the Mm -hmm. Elizabethan times. Admittedly, they were much more diverse than people give them credit for, but were not the politics of the Moorish people in, in right. you know Europe during the time. Not going to get into it right now. But yeah, and Keanu's Asian, so like good for them for for getting a, a, a not white person in there. Right. But admittedly, they're both also really kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like, I mean. Denzel can do like a con- Denzel can do anything. That yes. man can act in any he's role and he's perfectly charming. Even when he's a villain, I root for him. It's Denzel. Like yeah. what he can do anything. But like Keanu, I I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting choice for sure. And like to this day, I think of that movie as the Keanu Reeves much ado about nothing. Like that's how I refer to it. I, I watched it know. on HBO, and then like you know, I left like the screen up on HBO Now or Go or whatever the hell it's called. Mm-hmm. And like, and my husband just turned it on so we could watch something over dinner because why would we talk to one another? And <laughs> he's just like is that Keanu Reeves? And I was like, yes, yes, it is. Don't think about it too hard. (laughs) And you know what? They gave him the right number of lines too, because Don John is really not that big of a presence. He's just kind of there to like start some mayhem. And then all the rest of the characters continue the mayhem on their own. So true. I mean, like what he's doing is like pure grade a like evil. He is just fucking with two people for no reason and like to get back at his brother who doesn't really who's in a powerful yeah he's in a powerful enough position that nothing is ever going to get blamed on him Mm -hmm. so like that's not how you get back at your brother 
Right. It's not Don Pedro's wedding. If it was, you'd get it, but it's not. No, it, it's it's this other guy. And for no reason, and like, there's no reason to have a thing against Hero at this point or her father. He's mm-hmm. inviting you in and like plying you with food and drink for a month. Like, that's a pretty nice dude. Yeah. It's like the best Airbnb you could ever hope to stay in. Like, if if, they're, if if Airbnb really wanted to rebrand, they should start renting out the What You Do About Nothing villa. Like oh they get me back as a customer. No lie, <laughs> I you know I it's supposed to take place in Sicily, but it's so obviously shot in Tuscany that it's mm-hmm. like actually a little bit jarring. But at the same time, you're just like this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I want to live there. I want to go to there. I don't care <laughs> if I have men bathing in my drinking water. This is gorgeous <laughs> the drinking water probably wasn't that clean anyway so exactly <laughs> the addition of a naked like robert sean leonard and kenneth branagh <laughs> only improves like, the quality of the water <laughs> <laughs> they are so beautiful and i really wasn't expecting an extended cut scene of butts yeah i well how do we now mention the butt scene i we turned on this movie and my husband's like butts and i'm like yeah i forgot about the butts like i forgot about the butts <laughs> there's you know, and again it's 1993 so things are like a little more buttoned up uh, granted we had the era of the erotic thriller at the time so this isn't that but it's so many butts and i'm just like i did people frequently bathe together in elizabethan times because i don't know if they did i feel like they probably didn't because it's it's I was talking about this with my husband where the last movie he watched with me for a show was one of the Pride and Prejudice movies. And, we, and he was like, you know, they were so buttoned up. And I'm like, well, you have to keep in mind, there's like 300 years between these two. Yeah. And it's like, there's just this like cultural perception that like the further back you go, the more buttoned up people that's were. That's true. And that's, that's not true. true. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, you know, if it's... Uh, people actually had like the right to divorce and things like that. And, you know, and if one of the things that I always like to remind people when uh, we talk about Shakespeare is that, you know, Shakespeare is in pure Protestant England and he sets a lot of things in Italy because they like to make fun of the Catholics. And mm. so even though it's not written in the play of like, here's an extended scene of butts, like it, I feel like it's you part of liberties. Exactly. The yeah. liberty Kenneth Branagh took was like, hey, everyone here is gorgeous what if we all get naked and it makes sense because the catholics were like debaucherous terrible people in the in the eyes of the shakespearean protestants that makes a lot of sense yeah i always just figured that it's like okay warmer weather like more romance i don't know I, i can never picture the kind of like tawdry romances Shakespeare was writing about in like cold 1500s England. Like, Yeah, there's a reason why Hamlet's not a romance and that's because it takes place in like Denmark. Denmark. (laughs) It's cold there and nobody feeds you if you're a guest. So (laughs) There's no hanky-panky in Denmark. How the hell do they breed in Denmark? I don't understand. (laughs) But man, man, it is sexy. It is, you know, they are walking around. They have the costuming entirely wrong and like the the women are walking around in all of these like sheer white dresses with Mm -hmm. like corsets that like hoist them up to their chin and no bras and you're just kind of like wow you took a lot of liberties but i 
I see it. I see why you did. You know, they were just like, you know, they, they kind of just went all in on, we just want to show you some great dialogue by a charming cast. And we just filled in the rest with wish fulfillment and you're yes. going to eat this up. And we do. Uh, every single one of the men in the movie is swaggering around in a waistcoat and leather pants with a loose <laughs> bandolier around his hips. And they just slink through this, like the city streets. And you're just like, I cowboy is not usually my thing. And still, it's like... It's like there's a weird sexual awakening of a movie where you're watching this and these people are bickering and everyone hates each other. <laughs> they do. Everyone hates each other, but everyone's joking around with each other at the same time. And like, you're right. None of it makes sense. I, my husband, you know, bless his heart. He was trying so hard to find like symbolism in the movie. And he's like, no, watch this scene. Like, look, all of them are wearing white shirts and here's Don John in a black shirt. And I'm like, Nah, Don John's just still in his military clothes. Like it's yeah. just Keanu Reeves probably just looked better in the jacket. Like exactly. <laughs> he doesn't want a party. He's a party pooper. And because everyone else is having fun, he's gonna kill a girl. If all of our discussions about butts and badasses has whetted your appetite, feel free to find the rest of this episode over on Patreon at patreon.com slash fuckboysoflit, where for as little as a dollar you will get four or five new episodes a week every single month. And for the months of July and August, every single cent we raise will be donated to much needed abortion access funds and abortion networks across the United States. Now, if that is uh, wonderful to you, please do go over and sign up. There's plenty of back episodes for every single patron as well. We're talking years, hours, of content. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. You can find links to Malavika's podcast, which is called Your Favorite Book, in the show notes below. And I do hope you go over there and listen to her show as well. It's amazing. And she has fantastic conversations about all of your favorite literature, uh, both contemporary and historic. So again, if you've been listening, if you want the rest of this episode, and I assure you, you do, head over to patreon.com slash fuckboysoflit. That's B-O-I-S. And your money, your Patreon fee will be donated to abortion access networks that are in dire need of money and help. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Emily Edwards, and have a good one.